guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. Today I am pleased to welcome Kim, a young woman half Dutch, half Australian, who's lived all around the world and a few months ago decided with her partner to take the big leap, leave the comfort of their home and go traveling. Hi Kim, how are you? Hey, I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Thank you for joining. You are joining from Cambodia, right? Correct. Thanks for having me. You are sort of living the dream right now that we're all stuck all around the world uh, in our homes and you're around in Asia. Sounds really good. It's pretty good, I must say, yes. When I see most of my friends stuck at home, even though now things are smoothing smoothing out again, um, yeah. I consider myself very lucky, definitely. That's nice. So let's jump right in. You've lived more or less all around the world, if I recall. Can you tell me a little bit about those countries? Absolutely. Yeah. So including Cambodia, I've lived in eight different countries. So I was born in Zimbabwe, Wow. then moved to the Netherlands, back to Zambia, back to the Netherlands, then in Australia. I lived in Spain as well, in Brazil, Ireland, and I'm going to consider Cambodia as one of the countries as well, because it's been three, more than three months now. So kind of all <laughs> oh, that's over. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm missing North America for now, but um, for the rest of I've pretty much lived in all continents so far. Yeah. So it's been pretty amazing. Indeed. So those are really different experiences. I mean, Africa, South America, Europe, and also Australia. Any major learnings or experiences that jump to mind? So I think, especially when you're young, yes, it can be challenging because we were moving pretty much every two years. So it was, okay, girls, we're going to go to a new country, to a new school which would mean you'd have to make new friends every single time, which could be a bit tough on us. So often it would be like, oh my God, mom, not again. But then <laughs> then after a while, or when, looking at it from where I am now, it's actually a beautiful experience because you get to show up as, as your best self in so many different scenarios and so many different cultures. So I think it has lots of advantages. Plus, of course... The fact that I've lived in so many different cultures makes me, I think, very accepting of, of other people. And I love to learn about new cultures. I've, I speak a lot of different languages because of the fact that we've lived in so many different places. So I think the flexibility that we have as human beings is, I suppose, one of the, the learnings or key conclusions or however you'd like to call it um so change is inevitable it's what we're living right now and we actually have the tools that we need to adapt and i'm kind of the living proof of that as many other people on our planet um i'd say it's a lot of fun besides the moving and adapting it's a lot of fun because you you learn so many different 
well, guess gastronomies, so many different people, so many different personalities, so many different types of environments from the African savanna to the Brazilian, you know, more like jungle type um, atmospheres to here. So that's just really, really nice in terms of, well, what comes to mind is different types of animals, different types of plants, different types of, of fruits and foods. So it's it's really quite an adventure. And I'm very grateful that yeah. my parents initially started us off on that that journey and that I continued that myself when I was, you know, going into university. And now, yeah, taking the leap even further. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, it sounds very, very rich. Uh, how, how old were you when you when you started moving with your parents? Pretty much two years old. So I was, was born in Zimbabwe and then we left when I was about two and a half. And from then it's been pretty much every two, two years. <laughs> yeah, with some longer periods in some places. Yeah, two years is pretty short for for you to settle in. Was that not difficult to, to move? I know for me it was always heartbreaking leaving my friends, but then once in the new country, everything was new, so it was it was great again, but it was always quite heartbreaking to leave. So I think when I was younger, say until about 12, 14-ish, it was relatively easy. Yes, of course, we would cry. And mm. when I say we, it's myself and my two sisters uh, because yeah. we would miss our friends and so forth. And at the time it was, well, I used to write a lot of letters. I'd have my pen pals from different countries. Yeah. It's not like now where we can just text or video, uh, do a video chat. So I think at that younger age, it was easier. When I got to say my late teens, 16-ish, I was like, no, mom, I'm going to stay, even though I was too young. But then, <laughs> for example, when we left Australia, I was like, no, I don't want to go. I want to stay here, but ended up going back to the Netherlands anyways. Finished high school, and at 18, I was like, okay, now I can go. Bye, mom. Bought a one-way ticket to Australia. <laughs> and went my own wow. way, even though it was back three months later, but that's another story. <laughs> so, yes, it can be challenging, though. I suppose it just depends on your, your attitude as well and a bit of luck yeah. in terms if you of embrace the friends you meet, the people you meet. Mm, yeah, as with anything, I suppose, in life. So, yes, challenging, not so challenging. And were you always in international schools or did you go to local? No, actually, I don't think I've ever been to an international school. In Australia, we just went to an Australian school and yeah, yeah. so no, I've always been to local schools, even though, well, the largest part of my high school, so to speak, was in the Netherlands. So then I just went to a Dutch school. Okay. Uh, but no, we never went to international schools. Wow. And so after a few years of living your life on your own and still living as an expat, you decided to take that big leap of traveling. Tell me a little bit about that process. How did this come up? Well, it was actually funny. I was traveling and my partner texted me at some point. He's like, I have an idea. I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> What's up? So he's like, why don't we just quit our jobs and go travel? That was about August last year. <laughs> and I was on the other side of the world. So I was like, yeah, okay, sounds good. Let's chat when, I, when I'm when i back home. 
and we started chatting and within a couple of months we were actually like yeah let's just do this it sounds very reasonable you know we checked our finances and where we would like to go started making a plan and within what is that four months we decided to quit our jobs wow. just at the start of the new decade and started traveling mid-January so yeah it was just quite impulsive yet with a bit of a bit of planning, quite a bit of planning behind it, and yeah. then just trusting. To be honest, mm. T- trusting in, I guess, both yourselves and your capabilities, or trust went beyond. Trust in terms of, yeah, that this was the right choice. That we would have enough financial resources. I have my own business. Trust that my business would continue running um, smoothly throughout this process and trust in ourselves mainly yes just in in yeah. and I suppose in our relationship as well because one thing is living together yeah. and having our own jobs and seeing each other at night um, and so some weeks we wouldn't even see each other because we were traveling to right. 24 hours being together on a trip can of course be a bit challenging but it's been really amazing so far so Oh, yeah that's great always good to hear <laughs> <laughs> definitely we haven't killed each other <laughs> <laughs> so you say all this happened in the lapse of four months that sounds really short to me how, how did you plan this did you do it yourselves did you go see agencies where did you do your research no we did everything ourselves to be honest um we just started to make a plan so we have a bunch of excel sheets Two people with a tech background (laughs) have to have a few Excel sheets. So we just started um, looking at the different countries, making like a short list of where we wanted to go and then checking out what would be the best period for each country to visit that specific place, looking at temperatures and rain seasons. And we kind of um, defined an area, a larger area. So it's more Southeast Asia, Asia. That is our scope for now. And right. that's kind of the basis. And then we started looking at admin stuff like health insurance and travel insurance and those types of, of things, flights. But we've done everything of uh, everything ourselves in terms of planning. So it's quite fun and challenging because there's so many beautiful places that are available to visit. So, Lots of so making that final list, even though, of course, we're flexible now as we travel, is is a lot of fun. Mm. And so had you set yourself a bit of a time limit saying, OK, we're traveling for X number of months or you just went and said, well, we'll see how long we last, how long we like it. So we set about a year as our plan initially. So we're three quarters in. We're about four months traveling now. Um, so until the end of the year-ish. But again, we don't know how travel possibilities will be will up. Exactly. So we don't really know that for now. Um, but the idea still is to continue traveling until the end of the year. Yeah. So... In terms of travel zone, you said Asia, Southeast Asia. Is this for the full year or do you plan on, if if possible, I know the plans are a bit uh, messed up right now. 
or do you plan on expanding for the rest of the year also? Maybe. Um, most likely we'll end up going back to Europe for a little while at the end of the year, start of next year. But there's North America and South America, which I've seen a bit, but <laughs> not everything. So it's still quite unsure. We may go back right. and live in Amsterdam, uh, but for all we know, we may be traveling still next year this uh, yeah. this time. So kind of leaving it open and leaving it to follow flow, so to speak. Right. Coming back to when you took the decision, how did your families take it? I know it's not always some generations that really understand this thing of our generations wanting to travel, leave their stable job and and go out and see the world. Um, I think both our families reacted differently. So my mom and my granny, my younger sister, they live in Australia. So they're like, yes, please. So you're closer to us. <laughs> and they probably would have loved me to take this step two or three years ago. So a lot of encouragement from their side, from my partner's side. Um, I think at the start, it was a bit like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? What about your job? Exactly what you were saying. More because... I don't know if many people in his family have kind of gone on this type of trip, but now we're, we're traveling and they see everything's fine and we're safe and we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah. That has been fully, uh, fully accepted and encouraged. So, so no big discussions to be very honest. Makes things much easier, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what? It actually helps as well because both of us have been expats for, for a long time. So right. we're not living same place as our families so that distance mm. is there already it's so it doesn't make it that different yeah. being in Ireland than well beyond the time zones uh, than being in Asia for example yeah so what is life like when you're traveling like this what is life like great question well again it's a lot of fun because you're exploring so many different things so the first couple of months we we did one month in thailand one month in vietnam and we had kind of like a tour or an itinerary set up for both countries so we would plan a week two weeks in advance where we would stay what we would do be more spontaneous when we arrived to the city itself yet we'd have a list of a few sites we would like to see or in my case, a few restaurants that I would like to visit. Um, <laughs> up until we got to Cambodia, where we started off the same and then lockdown, COVID, everything kind of happened. So since then, we've slowed down massively because of the limitations in, um, well, travel restrictions and so forth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first piece was really exhilarating because you get to see so many different new things. You know, I love exploring all the different markets and the different temples. And it's really like like a movie or like in like a show like Anthony Bourdain or something where you get to see all those mm. places um, and experience everything. So it's just wonderful. It's really, really amazing. So the first few weeks you were traveling a lot. And you also have your business. How were you balancing this piece of exploring, traveling, and also running your, your business on the side? Um, yeah, it's kind of 
busy, even though the difference for me was I was first balancing it with a full-time job, which takes up such a huge chunk of your day. <laughs> yeah. So moving from that to actually I have my whole day to myself was quite a huge right. shift because it's just the mind space that you have. So the flexibility to mm. plan your day the way I would like to is much easier when you have that whole day. Of course, yes, again, time zones, yeah. which makes it a little bit more challenging in that sense. But I, I found that I was able to manage it quite quite well. I still continue to have my, my clients. Um, perhaps, no, actually, I think I focused more on, on content. I felt like it freed up a lot of time for me compared to my pre, pre-travel working days. Um, yet you need to plan in some more time for your actual travel days. So between cities, which, right. which you obviously don't have a lot of time. Well, I did do some calls on trains in Thailand and Thailand. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's good to, if you, if you plan well, so like we were doing two weeks in advance, you have a good idea of when you can have your client calls and whatnot. So I think I've managed it quite well so far. Okay, so the key is really planning out just days maybe where you might concentrate a bit more on the business and others where you're traveling or exploring and things like that. Yeah, and what I found helps a lot for me is to add some automation. So like a, a, a calendar tool, like Calendly, for example, having that in place and just having certain mm. time slots for me the mornings which would be the evenings in the US and my evenings, which would be like afternoon in Europe. I've left those free and invited people to, to schedule time, discovery calls, etc. with me in that way, made it very easy because then they just appear in my agenda and I can, yeah, just plan accordingly. So, so that really helps. So you don't have to do everything manually back and forth because at the same time, yeah, because when I'm sleeping, you're awake. But when you're awake, I'm sleeping. So that yeah, difficult. So so that ty- those types of little tools and softwares can really make a big difference. Right. Coming back to Cambodia now. So you've been there for three three to four months. Yeah. How have you settled in? And I'd say let's come back a few months when the whole pandemic situation happened how do you guys react when you're at the other end of the world and no one knows how this thing is going to go you feel a little bit unsafe so we were in cambodia for just under a week i think we had just arrived on an island called korong sanlam and we had been there for a couple of days and then everything exploded so the first reaction right. was, holy moly, what are we going to do? So I started mm-hmm. looking for, so my parents, oh, my mom is quite close. She's in Australia. Um, so as like a headless chicken started to look for flights, started to get over to Australia as quickly as possible. But within the days that we were trying to plan everything, the borders closed for non-Australians. So I myself, I could go back whenever I want to. My partner right. could not because he didn't have a visa. He didn't have an exemption to get in the country with me. So I personally passed through at least one or two days of 
panic, I would call it. I'm usually a very calm person, but this- I can imagine. But this was really like, oh God, what are we going to do now? We're we're stuck on this island. How do we know if we'll have enough food, if we'll have enough, well, crazy things like hand sanitizer, or if I get sick, what happens? There's no doctor. There's no medical resources. Mm. Um, So yeah, really the first couple of days were quite hectic and you could feel the energy on the island. A lot of people were getting out within days. So they managed to get flights back to Europe or wherever they were staying or wherever they live. Um, But we don't have a house anymore in Europe. I do have my sister who's a doctor, so I couldn't go to her house because she's working with people. So it was kind of like, yeah, Yeah. where are we going to stay? Well, my partner's from Italy, so going back to Italy was like the worst plan ever. So we really... It was not a good idea, indeed. Oh, not at all. So we decided after those couple of days, well, let's just stay here. And that's exactly what we did. So we calmed ourselves down. We just said, well, let's just enjoy this beautiful island uh, where we were for about two months in the end. And it was amazing once we settled down, once we calmed down. So many new opportunities started to arise. We started to meet lots of new people which is not that easy when you're traveling for short periods of time in each city right more like a solitary it's difficult to build relationships yes like you'll have the casual chat with somebody at a restaurant or at a bar or somewhere but Mm. it's it's not the same as building friendships or 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 longer or relationships of, of slightly longer duration which we had the chance to do now um on the island so it was refreshing. It was really nice. Yes, it came with that short period of stress, but then afterwards we calmed down. And then every couple of weeks it'd be like, okay, the borders are going to open. And they, then they wouldn't. And you'd have to manage yourself <laughs> again. And still, because we still don't know when we'll be able to leave the country. Well, technically we can, yet we're dependent on other countries open, opening their borders which hasn't happened really yet here in Asia. So it's this continuous cycle of being spontaneous. <laughs> exactly, adapting to the situation and making the most out yeah. of it. Yeah. So Cambodia currently is your home. What's the atmosphere in the country? So it's actually really good. I think it's one of the safest countries on the planet because there were only a hundred plus cases and zero deaths so the government reacted very well at the start there were restrictions put in place yet now maybe only when you're in public transport you're wearing your masks and some shops will require that you wear a mask and sanitize your hands and so forth yet in terms of social occasions, it actually seems quite normal, to be honest. Yes, it's of course, it's less busy. There's not that, as many tourists, which is great. Yeah, I feel, again, super fortunate to be yeah. in that space. Even though it comes with a little bit of guilt sometimes, especially at the start, when you'd hear people, oh, I've been at home for six weeks or 12 weeks. And we're like, wow, we can just go onto the streets and go to the shops and even do some sightseeing. Um so there's, there's really that contrast. Yeah. In terms of 
I'd say life in general in Cambodia, coming from Europe or more Western countries, what's the big cultural difference or vibe or maybe a slower life? Hmm. So I would say it's a much simpler life for many people. Um, There are lots of people that don't have as much as we typically have in, in Europe. They have a simple home. The, the What they do on a daily basis is, you know, more um, towards the survival layer of, of, of life, if I can put it that way. Mm. In contrast with the richer layers of, of society, you know, their big cars and parties and whatever kind of activities they're they're organizing for themselves. So it's, yeah, in many ways, it's a poorer country. And there's a lot of stuff going on here that we probably don't see directly, which of course affects me um, in seeing that most of us in Europe or in other parts of the world, we're so fortunate in the education that we receive, the, the hygiene that is available for us, a lot of the different luxuries that we find so normal and that are part of our life they're not so normal here for the large majority of of the population so other people exactly so it's it's being mindful of that is trying to help and support people as much as we can i'd love to do some volunteering etc but that's not really opened up yet because of the corona situation so yeah so yeah it's just trying to go local, you know, support the local tuk-tuk drivers or the local little shops. We try to do that as much as possible um, whenever we can. But they're very friendly and they're really, really wonderful people. We've met so many beautiful people here. So you feel very welcome. And that's just amazing. That's nice. So in terms of local, uh, local community and local places, what would be for you your favorite places to go in terms of a bar, a restaurant, and any other place of your choice? Yes, I had to think about that for a while. And I chose two spots in Kampot. So okay. we're currently in Siem Reap, back in Siem Reap, where we started our trip initially, which is where Uncle Wat, the temple complex, is situated. Yeah. Uh, but we just spent one month in Kampot, and there's... My favorite restaurant or one of my favorites would be Simple Things. It's just on the local, okay. one of the local streets in Kampot. And it's a vegetarian, vegan restaurant. Um, we started to, or I started to eat plant-based about a year and a half ago. And initially the conversation that we had, so my partner and I was, oh, shall we eat plant-based for the entire duration of our trip? Or shall we try some of the local delicacies? And we started off before we left, oh, maybe we should try some local, you know, local things, local dishes. But in the end, we chose to eat plant-based after all. And so we're always looking for the nicest plant-based restaurants wherever we are. And this is one of them. They have an amazing mango cashew cheesecake, which I'm very fond of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really, really nice. Um, They even made it for my partner's birthday last week. So I ordered a whole thing. (laughs) So, yeah, just lots lots of fresh veggies and amazing food. Um, So that would be my favorite restaurant here in Cambodia. Okay. 
my favorite bar, I've chosen a place in Kampot as well, which is the Fish Market, which is a beautiful building. It was, as the name suggests, um, the Fish Market previously. So back, I don't know how many years ago, that's where the fishermen would um, meet up. It's just on the river and that's where they would sell the local fish and seafood to the people in the city, which has now been rebuilt to a beautiful nice. bar slash restaurant. And well, I may be biased, but to me, it's the most beautiful place to watch the sunset because you're on the river and you can just see the sunset over the mountains. And it's just amazing. Every day is just a new painting of, of light and colors. So I've been there. God. Sounds very dreamy. Mm, yeah. So I've been there a lot of different times. And my third place, I was kind of in doubt, but then I was like, well, I have to choose the island. So that's Korong Sundom. Ah. Because it has a special place in my heart. We spent the two months there enjoying the beautiful views, the white sands, uh, sandy beaches, and yeah, just the beautiful nature there. So that, that has been an amazing part of my life and it'll always be part of me. So that's what I'm choosing as the third location. Okay, great. I'll link them all in the description of the episodes then. Mm, it is nice to see that you've really gone around Cambodia. I I mean, myself, when I went to Cambodia, I only had time to do uh, Siem Reap and Angkor Wat, all the, the temples, but I really regret not seeing the rest of the country and understanding really a bit more around the culture and how the different cities and regions actually live. I feel Angkor Siem Reap is really the touristy part just around the temples mm. and and sort of limit yourself to, to that piece. Yeah, there's so much more and, and we haven't seen everything yet, but it's been beautiful because our initial plan was to be here for two weeks and visit Siem Reap, right. the island, and pretty much that would have been it. So now... With this extended um, stay here, we've had the opportunity to go to other places as well, which is has been very enriching, which we wouldn't have previously. Yeah. So, yeah, very grateful for that opportunity. It is nice to be able to take a bit more time and not be in the stress of traveling. Two weeks can be very short in a country, especially when distances are long. Transport can be very slow sometimes. Mm. And yeah, if you get the time to settle in a bit more, I think that's when you enjoy, you start building your own habits in this or that city and you enjoy a little bit more your your time. Yeah, absolutely. You can create relationships with the owners of restaurants or bars or go to local market and see local living from a different perspective. Whereas, whereas if you're a tourist kind of flying through the country, you're only going to be visiting some of the the main attractions, the main spots, and you inhab- inevitably don't have that much time to go more in depth. Mm. So it's it's definitely a different style of traveling, which I'm kind of enjoying. So we'll see if we can build that into our, well, let's see when or how uh, travel opportunities yeah. begin, but to take that into account that it's, 
totally different if you stay in a city for three days or stay in a place for three days compared to two weeks because your experience is going to be so uh, so different yeah definitely yeah i hope you're able to continue your trip as you want or at least have the best experience possible as it goes on up to now do you have a song that would sort of represent your or refer to to your trip so i was thinking about that i was like wow a song that's really <laughs> difficult so i rather than a song i've chosen simply because i can't even pronounce the names i've chosen a genre which would be <laughs> cambodian music which is totally different than okay. any music i've ever heard and we were introduced to it for the first time when there was a staff celebration at the hotel we were staying at on the island and it just brought us so much joy to see the local staff dancing to the cambodian music and they have hand movements kind of a little bit similar to like Indian dancing or something and they were just having the best right. time ever so I think I'll be able to recognize it quite <laughs> easily going forward um because it just makes you smile so I'm choosing Cambodian music it makes you smile. As, uh, yeah as an overall type okay <laughs> we'll try to find some to link in the in the description also can is there any way to describe a little bit Cambodian music wow it's like a combination between temple music and like pop music you know like the temples mm -hmm. have like these little bells Interesting. and then kind of pop music that would probably be my best description of it <laughs> i was trying to find a singer but i have no idea who sings what or what they even say Okay, I'll try to link it so uh, people can listen to it and yeah, make a, make up their own minds. <laughs> yeah, See if they yeah. smile behind. <laughs> or like, what is this? <laughs> right. So if borders do reopen shortly, if they opened anywhere, what would be your next step for you guys? So... It'll either be Japan or Australia. Very different choices. Yeah. Well, one is more from a family perspective, just to go visit my family, which I was supposed to be doing for my birthday, mm. but that kind of didn't work out. And Japan, because Aww. we really had our mindset on seeing the cherry blossom, which won't be there anymore yeah. at this stage. Uh, but that so. has passed by now. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But still, I'm fascinated. I've never been to Japan, so seeing the culture, seeing how how it all works over there would be uh, truly amazing. So that will probably be one of the first moves. Great. Well, thank you very much uh, for this chat. I learned a lot about you and a lot about your experience, especially, I think, one of the key things is just adapt uh, adaptability to the different countries when you move when you're younger but also when you're older and you're traveling and just adapt to the situation adapt to the country and be spontaneous to to enjoy the experiences you're living and also be grateful of the opportunities that you that you have so beautifully said absolutely it's, it's that word change that 
that that has been coming up for everyone and for me particularly in the last couple of months change is inevitable so you might as well buckle up and just make something fun out of it because yeah because you don't we don't know what's going to happen ever we can plan only so much but to really see what happens that only happens on the day so finding all the tools using all the tools that you have to just find peace and calmness and and yeah enjoy what comes along on your your journey is i suppose the best the best way to describe it definitely yeah well i wish you the best of luck for the rest of your travels and hope you enjoy every minute of it i'm sure you will thank you for joining i will link everything in the description so the songs and the restaurants and bars and stay tuned for the next episode Thank you for joining, Kim. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much.